Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. We are talking about the things that we are made for, and I know from Scripture that we are made for family. We are made to be a part of a family. I grew up in two different families. I grew up in one family from zero to seven and a different family from seven till now. When I was young, my father was an alcoholic He was a chain smoker and he was a gambler and our house was a mess. My dad was an only child and his father was verbally and physically abusive to him. And his mom tried to to compensate for the abuse by spoiling him and it just created a really dysfunctional person that I call dad. And, um, And he grew up and married my mom. And they had seven kids, but he just carried that dysfunction that he learned from his father and passed it down to us. Can I just stop here and remind you that what you don't forgive and release, you tend to repeat, right? Listen, it makes no sense that a child who was abused would grow up and become an abuser. It makes no sense that a child uh, who grew up with alcoholic parents would grow up and become an alcoholic. But if you don't forgive it and release it, you tend to repeat it, right? What happens is you rehearse your wounds, you rehearse your hurt. And the book of Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so that's exactly what happened with my father. He refused to forgive his dad, and he just became an abuser to us. Our home, we lived never knowing what we were walking into with our parents fighting. And finally, at the age of seven, when I was seven years old, my mom let us know that she had kicked my dad out for the last time and that she had filed for divorce and that they were done. My dad was a salesman on the road And he was in Mississippi one snowy night, and he got in a very, very bad accident. The other guy was actually killed. And my dad spent three months in the hospital recovering. He, uh, at the end of his three months, he called my mom and said, I've got nowhere to go. Could I come home until I just finish recovering, and then I'll leave? And she felt obligated, so she said yes. And what she didn't know was that while he was in the hospital, a little Catholic priest came in and began to minister to him and asked him this question. Why do you think you would go to heaven? And he began to tell this priest because about about the church he attended and how he was faithful to church. And that priest looked at him and said, I didn't ask you about church. I asked you about your relationship with Christ. And he led my dad to the Lord and God did a very, very strong work in my dad. So when he came home, to recover, instead of seeing a demanding, ungrateful man that had left, my mom saw a gentle, humble man who was very grateful and thankful. And she knew that something was different. She knew something was different. And they began to talk and they began to tell her that he had met this man and, and he had led him to Christ. And for the first time, his place with Christ wasn't based on a church, but it was based on a relationship. 
And my mom saw the difference. They reconnected. My mom gave her heart to Christ. They reconnected. And all seven of us, uh, this is the redemption of God. All seven of us have served in full-time ministry, right? Because of what God did. And so I was in two different families, a really, really dysfunctional one and a healthier one with still some dysfunction, but healthier, right? God put in every one of us a desire to be a part of a family. I was a youth pastor, worked in student ministry for over 14 years. And so many times when I would talk to kids or pray with kids or walking with kids, they always told me about their family dysfunction and they always shared with me, I just want to be in a healthy family. Can I just tell you, God put that in every single one of us. When we look at the book of Genesis and we look at the very, very beginning of creation, we see that God established a family. There is a law when you study scripture called the law of first mention. And what it says is the first time that something is mentioned in scripture, it is God establishing not only that thing, but how it should operate. And so what we see in the garden is that God created Adam and he saw that Adam was all by himself and God said, this isn't good. And so God created Eve, right? He created a family. He created Adam and Eve and now they are a family. And God added to that family by giving them children. And we see that that was God's plan. But how many of you know Satan always works against the plans of God? Satan is always working against the plans of God. Family was God's idea. We were made for family. And we see that God would fellowship, literally walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. We were made for fellowship with one another. Listen to Psalm, Psalm chapter 68, verses 5 and 6. It says that God is a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, this is God whose dwelling is holy. Listen to this. God places the lonely in families. Let me stop right here. When God sees someone in need, what God wants to do is not fix them and lead them by themselves. He wants to take them and put them in a family so that they can function in health. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy, but he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. That sun-scorched land, I believe that that's those without family. Here's what I know. When I think about my life, when I was in a healthy place spiritually, I always wanted to be around people that I knew loved me. But when I knew I wasn't where I should be, I didn't want to be around those people at all. Right? When I was healthy, I would run to the people that loved me and value that when I wasn't healthy, when I wasn't spiritually where I should be, I wanted to get away from those people because I didn't want to hear the truth. I ran from family when I was away from God. Listen, the, 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 the trick of the enemy is to keep us isolated because when we are isolated, all of a sudden we are then vulnerable, right? So let me read another passage of scripture. It's Psalms 92. Verses 12 through 15, this is the result of being a part of a family. 
the godly. You remember he said that he places us in families. The godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, how many of you are old? No, raise your hand. All right, so even in old age, they will still produce fruit. How many of you know God's not done with you? God's not done with you. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green, and they will declare the Lord is just. He is my rock, and there is no evil in him. Over 35 years of ministry, I've had the opportunity to be at the bedside of people as they take their last breath so many times. Can I just tell you the difference between the righteous taking their last breath and the unrighteous taking their last breath? How many times have I stood at the bed of a saint of God who had lived for God and literally in that moment looking at their family and go, let me go. I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready to see my creator. Amen. But then there are other times when people fight because they don't know what stands on the other side. Can I just tell you, it is the plan of God that we would be a part of his family and that we would be uh, fruitful and healthy here and we would be prepared for what's on the other side. Amen? So I believe God desires to give every born-again child of God three gifts when we are born into his kingdom. The first one is... God wants to give us family. It's what we're talking about today. It's what we're made for. He wants us to be a part of a family. Listen, every one of us have the potential for both good or bad, right? We can do good or we can do bad. We can be righteous. We can be unrighteous. But listen, in a family, there's some obligations. There's some responsibilities, And I know that some people are afraid of family. Maybe your story is that you come from a dysfunctional family. And when you think about your family, it brings up all kinds of negative stuff, right? When you think about holidays and having to sit at a table with Uncle Larry or something, I don't know who who it is, right? It just makes you anxious, right? Listen, so some people connect that then to a spiritual family and they tend to shy away. They tend to isolate. They tend to not really fully connect. Listen, everyone has the potential to hurt us. Can I tell you, you cannot be in a healthy relationship without being vulnerable. Every healthy relationship requires vulnerability. And every time you make yourself vulnerable, you're taking a risk. But some, some relationships are worth the risk. Amen. Listen, everyone has the potential to hurt us. We just have to decide what relationships are worth hurting for. There's no perfect family. There's no perfect church. We're just imperfect people trying to do family together. God created us and desires to give us a family, but he also desires to give us a faith, to give us faith in himself. A family to be a part of, faith in him. There's faith in him and faith that he has placed us and planted us in Christ and in a spiritual family. It was so interesting what, what Pastor Don shared earlier about Abraham and Isaac and trust and obey. 
Because God didn't just bring us here to sit. God brought us here out of obedience, and now he wants us to, to, uh, now he wants us to obey, right? He brought us here out of trust, and now he wants us to walk in obedience to what he has for us. He gives us a family to be with. He gives us faith in him, and then also he gives us a future with God and with his family. Can I tell you the redemption of God? The redemption of God is, is that at my father's funeral, it was packed with men who shared the same story. Your father was a father to us. When I finished first service, Pastor Sean came up and he said, you know what's interesting? Your dad was a dad to me. Another man met me over here before I, when I was wrapping up and he goes, I just want to tell you, your dad was the healthiest father I ever knew. And that became his story, not because of who he was, but who Christ was through him. Amen? Listen, I don't know your story. I don't know your family. I, but I know this. God is a redeemer and God can take our brokenness and bring something good out of it. When I think about my family, when I think about the fact that my parents went from dysfunctional to fairly functional, when I think about what, the, the, what God did in us, I always look at it this way. Jesus saved my soul, but the church really saved my life. Jesus gave me salvation, but it was the church who began to walk with us and teach us how to be a family. It was men in the church who began to teach my dad how to be a husband, how to be a father. It was women in the church who began to pour into my mom to be a godly wife and a godly mom. Jesus saved our soul, but it was the church, really, that saved our lives. I know that many times I get asked this question, well, can I be a Christian and not go to church? The answer is absolutely yes, you can. You can definitely be a Christian and not go to church, but you can't be a growing Christian. You can't be a Christian that's growing in their faith. Listen, Psalms 92 verse 13, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. Listen, God doesn't just want us saved. He wants us flourishing in our faith. Those who are planted in the house of God of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Maybe you're here today and you go, well, I don't understand. What is spiritual family? Well, first of all, look around because you're looking at a spiritual family right here. But, but right? But let me just read a passage of scripture when Jesus addresses this in Matthew chapter 12. Then one said to him, look, your mother, your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak with you. Mary and maybe James were there wanting to talk to Jesus. And this was Jesus's response. He answered and said to the one who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever, listen to me, who for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother, my sister and my mother. Right. There is earthly family or natural family, but then there is spiritual family. Listen, 
When God became your father, you, we became family, right? When God became your father, we became family. You might not want me as a brother, but we family. Man, I wish Jairus isn't here this morning. I wanted to pick on Jairus this morning. Um, listen, if God is your father, then we're your brothers. We're your sisters, right? We do life together. And then maybe you want to know, how do I become a part of a spiritual family? Well, let, let me go back to Psalm 68, that God is a father to the father, fatherless, a defender of widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy, and God places the, fam- the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. Let me stop right there, because here's the deal. How do you become a part of a spiritual family? You say yes to our Father God. Maybe you've never made God your father. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus, but you'll have that opportunity today. You'll have an opportunity before we leave here today to simply say, God, forgive me of my sins. God, be my father and let me be a part of your family. Can I just tell you, there's no limit to how many kids God wants, right? When you look at scripture, when you read the Bible from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelations, it is a one man's story of everything he did to have a family. And he wants us to be a part of it. He wants us to be a part of his family. So let me give you three things that every family member should know. Because if you're part of the family, there's some things you got to know, right? Number one, you need to know that you are planted. You need to know that you're planted. Can I just tell you, you need to know where God wants to plant you. There are great churches in this area. You're here, and I believe you're here for a reason, and you're here by the plan of God, right? And maybe God wants you planted here, but you need to know that you are planted. Listen, If you go to Lowe's today and you buy a little pretty plant, right, with flowers, it looks pretty, and it's in one of those little plastic containers, you can take that home and just set that somewhere, and what's going to happen to it eventually? Eventually, it's going to die, right? Eventually, it, it, it won't reach its capacity or its potential. But if you take that same plant home and you plant it, right, in something bigger to give it room to grow, all of a sudden that plant will do what it was created to do. Many times we don't do what God wants us to do because we're not really planted. We're just, we're just in our little container trying to be by ourselves when the truth is God wants us to be a part of something much bigger. See, healthy plants not only grow, but healthy plants can also sustain seasons. I don't know about your family, but in my family, our family, we go through different seasons, right? We're in the teenage season. You pray for us. We've got 13 and 14-year-old little girls. Dear Jesus, help us, right? That's the season we're in. I don't know, Pastor Don, the scripture doesn't tell us when Abraham brought, brought Isaac to the altar to sacrifice him how old Isaac was, but I bet he was a teenager. I bet God was like, I'm going to set you free, right? Listen, so we're, that's the season we're in. Life goes through, our families go through seasons, and so does our spiritual family. We go through seasons, 
And, but when you're planted, when you're planted, planted and you're watered, guess what? You can sustain the seasons. And when, a plant, when it's planted, a plant gets roots and it can produce fruit. But it only happens when they are set and planted. And when we grow our roots, then we begin to produce fruits. The other thing is this. We need to know that we're planted, but we need to know our place. We need to know our place. So when I was growing up in our home, we had seven kids. We had four boys and three girls. The girls did the work inside the house and the boys did the work outside the house. That was my place, right? I did yard work. I didn't wash dishes. I didn't have to, but I had to mow a lot of grass. That was our place. We knew how our family functioned and the boys did the outside stuff. The girl, we just knew our place. I have girls 13 and 14 and they like to mow grass. That is a gift of God. Right? He didn't give me sons, but he gave me girls that can mow grass. That's the mercy of God. All right. Um, but we got to know our place because if we don't know our place in our family, then we won't be able to reach our potential. I, I, I like to play golf. I'm not good at it, but I like to play golf and a golf club or a bat. Right. In baseball, there is a sweet spot that when you hit that sweet spot and that ball reacts like it should, you know, you hit the sweet spot. Right. It's like what they were created for. Can I just tell you that each one of us have a sweet spot that God put in us something that we were created for? Something that we were created for. And when we function in that, all of a sudden, we not only are planted, but we are planted and we begin to prosper. Listen. We need to know that we're planted. We need to know our place. And then we need to know that we are responsible to fulfill our place. Because let me just tell you, knowledge equals responsibility. And once you know, you are now responsible for what you know. So when you begin to pray and ask God to show you your sweet spot and God shows you, you got to do something with that. Right. And so we have an obligation to to fulfill our place in the family. So the Dead Sea, we see the Dead Sea in Scripture, and in what we see is that the, um, Pastor Don gave me a, I talked about this in first service, but Pastor Don gave me a little, some wisdom between services. What we see is that the Jordan River flows into the Sea of Galilee, then the Sea of Galilee flows into the Dead Sea. The difference is, is that the Jordan is giving out. The Sea of Galilee is giving out. The Dead Sea is taking in, but it's giving nothing out. And it produces nothing, right? Because it's not just about what we take in, it's also about what we, we put out. And can I just tell you, you got to make sure that you're not here just taking in and just absorbing, but that you're here to take in and then you're also here to give out so that you can produce something. Amen? You can, you can produce fruit. Titus chapter 3 verse 14 says this, And let our people also learn to maintain good works, 
to meet urgent needs that they might that, that they that they may not be unfruitful. Let me read that again. And let our people also also learn to maintain good works to meet urgent needs that they may not be unfruitful. Listen, God wants you to be fruitful for yourself because when we are producing something, then we are most content because we are doing what we were created to do. So some of you here, you have giftings that you've never used for the kingdom. Some of you here have giftings that you've never even told the family about. We're family. Some of you, some of you can cook, right? And there are people at times who have need for food. Some of you can fix cars. There are times when widows in the church need some assistance with their car. I don't know what your gifting is, but I know this. God didn't give you a gifting just for your own purposes. He gave you a gift so that you could also be a blessing to the family. Right? So God is a builder. God is building something. God is building a family. God is building his church. And let me just wrap up by telling you the three ways that God builds. Right? The first way that God builds is through revelation. Through revelation. There are some of you who are here because you know this is where God led you. You could tell us stories about how God led you here and you know this is where God has you planted. Other of you, you're trying to figure it out and that's okay. But you need to begin to pray for revelation so that you'll know exactly where God wants you to be. Let me tell you my story. My story is, I didn't get married until I was 36. So when I was 21 years old, I was a youth pastor in Kinder up around Lake Charles. And I would go to this chiropractor in Eunice. And he was, um, he was very prophetic. Not pathetic. You don't want to go to a pathetic chiropractor. He was prophetic, right? And one day he was adjusting me. I'm 21 years old, and he says, David, I see your wife. I said, really? What the, is she pretty? I mean, you know, 21 years old. He goes, David, I see your wife, and your wife is of African descent, and your wife is olive-complected and has jet black hair. And he said, David, and I see your firstborn, and she looks just like her mom. I walked out of there and I thought, well, we'll see. All right? And I go, out, I go through life. And when I was 30 years old, I had made a mess of a relationship. And I told God that I wouldn't get into another relationship till I met the person I would marry. I was 30 years old at that point. I thought God was going to be really impressed that I'd meet her in three to six months. I went five and a half years and didn't, didn't, was not in a relationship. And then when I turned 35, my sister Michelle called me. I think Michelle was here last week. My sister Michelle called me and she said, hey, David, come to my house. I want to talk to you about something. Now, anybody who knew me, so I was on staff at Crossroads Church at this time. Everybody who knew me, because you know, when you're in the church and you're on staff, they're always trying to fix you up with their niece or their granddaughter or whatever, Right? I just told everybody the same thing. I will not marry somebody who's been married before, and I sure won't marry somebody with a kid. That's my non-negotiables. So I turned 35. 
My sister Michelle calls me. I go by her house. She goes, David, I had a dream last night, and God really spoke to me. And I normally don't have spiritual dreams, but God showed me something about your wife. I said, really? Well, let me hear it. So she said, well, I saw in, your, in the dream that your wife was a professional woman, and she had a little blonde-haired, blue-eyed little girl. And I said, well, Michelle, I can tell you, that's not from God, because if she has a kid, she will not have me, right? And about six months later, I'm playing golf in a golf tournament, and I meet this girl. And she was olive-complected. She had jet black hair. I didn't know anything about African descent at that point in time. But we began to talk and we began to connect. And then I met her daughter, who was blonde-haired and blue-eyed. And then I found out that she was adopted and her father was Egyptian. And can I tell you, I was willing to do what I said I would never do because of what God had already shown me. Because there are times when it, God leads us through revelation and it is God just letting us know, this is me. This is me, right? And there is my bride right there, man. God's been good to me, right? And so God, God, Bills through revelation. But God also builds through relationship. God builds through relationship. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. God builds through relationship. Listen to me. If you are keeping yourself from becoming vulnerable in your relationships, either in your natural family or your spiritual family, I promise you, you are robbing yourself of some things that God has for you. Because there are some of you who need to begin to walk in relationship so God can reveal some blind spots and God can help you rebuild what maybe even your natural family tore down. Can I just tell you, there's no perfect family. We all have issues. Can we be honest with ourselves? We all have issues. And so when we begin to walk in relationship with one another, when we let God build us relationally, all of a sudden, that's when people will look at us and say, you can't do that. You can't talk to your wife that way. You can't talk to your husband that way. You can't do that with your kids. Literally, God uses our family in order to build us, but it only comes when we're willing to walk in relationship with one another. And then God builds generationally. There are some of you who are here because somebody made sure when you were a kid you were in church. Your grandparents or your parents made sure you were in church and now here you are and you're bringing your kids to church because it's just who you are and it's what you do. Listen, the decisions we make today, they not only affect us, they affect our kids. They have the potential to affect our grandkids. I have a counseling center in Lafayette. I do a lot of marriage counseling. And so many times I look across at a couple who is coming in, it's their last attempt to save their marriage and they're talking divorce and I look at them and I remind them, 
You are writing your children's story that will stick with them for the rest of their lives. And I get that marriage is tough, and I get there are things, but listen to me. You are writing a story for yourself, but bigger than that, you are writing your story that will literally be told for generations. And I'm just telling you, that should put a, a, just a different type of, a different sense of responsibility on us with the, the way we do life and the relationships we attach ourselves to. Listen, God wants you to be a part of a family. Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, it says this. If you then, being wicked, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly Father love to give good gifts to those who ask? Can I just tell you, God's not just a father, he's a good father. God's not just a father, he's not just a good father, he is a father that knows exactly what you need and he wants to connect you to family so that those needs can be met. Amen? Amen. Maybe you're here today and when we talk about spiritual family, you feel disconnected because you've simply never made God your father. Would you bow your heads today? I'm gonna ask everybody to bow, bow their heads. Maybe you're here today and you're not part of the family simply because you've never made God your father. John chapter three, Jesus is talking to a religious leader named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus said, tell me what I have to do to see the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said this, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven and you cannot see the kingdom of heaven unless you've been born again. Maybe you're here today and you say, well, I was christened as a child or I went to church or I grew up in a religious family. All that stuff is good, but that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, you must be born again. When I was seven years old, I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember walking that aisle to say yes to Jesus. Listen, that didn't fix all my issues. There's been good days and bad days since then, but I've never been the same since I said yes to Jesus. Religion makes it difficult for us to get to God. Religion says you've got to jump through some hoops. You've got to work at getting to God. Can I tell you what God says in Romans chapter 10, verse 13? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Can I tell you why he makes it so simple? because he wants a relationship with you today. It's as easy as ABC. A, you admit that you're a sinner and you need a savior. B, you believe that he is the son of God and he was raised from the dead. And then C, you confess him as Lord. Maybe we could say it this way today. You confess him as father. You're here today and you've never surrendered your heart to God. You've never said yes to God and all that he has for you. We want to pray. I want to close in prayer. But if you want to make God your father today, I just want you to lift your hand and put it right back down, simply saying, please include me in that prayer. I want to be a part of a spiritual family right now. If you want us to pray with you today before you leave, if you'll just put your hand up and put it right back down, we want to include you in this prayer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
I'm going to pray a prayer. And I'm going to ask every believer to pray along in support of these. I'm going to pray and I want you to repeat after me, but I want you to let it come right from your heart. I'm just helping to articulate what the Holy Spirit is doing in you today. Can we pray together? Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, a relationship with your Father. This moment, I confess. This moment, I believe that I am born again. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And now heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen.